Good afternoon. Um, welcome to the required live session. And um, we've got a real treat for you today. Um, not me, but in fact, Matt Chambers, who's CEO from Loxo. Um, for those of you who haven't heard about Loxo, where have you been? Um, and for those of you who are, have heard about Loxo and are using Loxo, this is a great opportunity to um, stare a little bit into the soul of the man that is behind it. So, um, yeah, I've, yeah. You're going to introduce yourself so much better than me. So, um, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, why it is you started Loxo? Yeah, thank you so much, Andy. And yeah, pleasure to be here with you today. So I think a lot of you probably haven't heard of Loxo before and uh, you're across the pond here. So uh, I'm grateful to spend some time with you and I'm looking forward to this. So uh, I'm the founder, original founder, CEO of Loxo. Uh, a lot of times people ask if I'm the tech guy, I'm the business guy. And uh, to keep this kind of a, a tight intro, I've been running Loxo now since founded in 2012. Um, and uh, actually, the reasons why I think are more relevant than who I am. But my background, I come from tech, um, spent about 15 years in a few different technology companies. So I'm a, essentially an outsider to the industry, but I'm very entrepreneurial. And why I why I chose to found Loxo, really two big reasons. One, um, I personally have to be very passionate about what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you're doing this over decades long, uh, for me, you really truly have to be able to impact or positively influence people. Um, and even like my mother growing up, she ran a day camp for uh, mentally and physically handicapped kids. And I'm building software, right? It's like software and you have all these amazing humans. So I wanted to do something that helped improve people's lives. So besides your health or your family, your career path is the next most relevant or impactful thing. Um, and your job changes everything. It makes you you know, happier in your family. It makes you happier in your community. Um, everything, it improves who you are and the destiny. So that's something that we could build software to help facilitate. Um, the other one is just, it's a very fragmented market. And I realized, I looked at it and I said, oh my God, this is very archaic. The software looks like it's from the 90s. We can use machine learning and what I know from modern best practices of software and gorgeous, simple apps to simplify and put it all in one place. So that's really why why I chose to do this. So, yeah, that, um, when, when I first looked at Loxo, it was a really interesting experience. And, and Charlotte had exactly the same. Um, so, you know, I was expecting, you know, standard ATS CRM demo. And you came on and said, no, this is a talent intelligence platform, Mama. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then I saw it and I thought, wow, you know, this is this is pretty impressive. So I know you said it's a fragmented market, but you, you must you must when you started like cutting that first line of code or drawing that first wireframe thing, this is a big mountain to climb. Massive, yeah. And in fact, people laugh at me all the time. There's uh it's almost the higher up people are in the food chain or if you're on the, the capital side, you know, venture capital or, um, you know, people laugh and that's OK. As an entrepreneur, you have to get used to it. You have to build up a thick skin. Uh, but people come in all the time like, wow, you're biting off a lot because we have a talent intelligence platform. Um, no one even really knows what that is yet, especially over in Europe. It's a new category. And in my opinion, and I say this often, I, I truly don't believe a legacy ATS or database will be around in five years. It's a database. It's a container. And what happens is you go, you move from, when I looked at this, you, you go from desktop software, which a lot of the audience remember, right? You'd install that to your computer. 
Um, yeah. Every four, five years, you get a new version. Um, but then you move to SaaS and all recruiters were like, oh my God, we're not putting our database, our Rolodex on the cloud. No way, we don't, on the cloud, what is that? Um, but that's just the way software's developed now. So that's web 1.0, you have all the legacy ATSs, a lot of them, File Finder, um, you know, every ATS, they created kind of web 1.0 version. And then what's happening is all those ATS CRMs are focusing on upgrading their interface. That's web 2.0, make it nicer, more modern, user-friendly. Um, it's still just a database. The yeah. talent intelligence platform is web 3.0. You have all of the data in there. You start to use machine learning to help improve uh, workflows, but also the sourcing process. Um, but there's a lot to it. And then we have different pillars and products in there. So it's a lot. Um, and we talk about that a lot. The code base is very wide and broad. It's, it's, it's a pretty intense platform. I think what's really interesting for me was the sort of mega trends that it follows so if you think about you know back in the day you know you talked about data sitting on your tin in your office and you own that data even when you go to the cloud it's in your private cloud i think about my music now i used to go and buy cds and you know i used to store them there but now i just rent my music and, and it's a similar thing you know i think you've got something like a billion data points and you don't need all those billion data points because you can just rent them off you know, go and get them when you need them. Yep, and exactly that. In fact, our, our product design team, when we're designing things, we looked at some concepts and they said the same exact analogy that you just did. Um, and it, it, if you think about it, the holy grail of a recruiting CRM, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. I, as a recruiter, I spend 50 to 70% of my time either looking to retrieve information or updating in data, right? 70% yeah. of your time. Um, that's crazy. So if you can help, data is everywhere. Data is out there. Uh, back in the day, that was your Rolodex again. But just like a, the white pages or yellow pages or a directory of businesses and people, it's it's out there. It's public. It's all there. Um, LinkedIn, it's all the same data. So you can go copy and paste and put it in your database like every recruiting company does. One at a time. It's old. Um that's not the way the world is going to work moving forward. And there's a lot of really cool stuff that'll happen with data privacy. And, you know, we can probably talk about the differences between Europe and U.S., but um, it, it, those days of a lot of manual work, is it's going to come to an end. Yeah, and I think what's, what's interesting for me as well, and, and the feedback we've got from people who've bought it from the group, and, and, and yeah, everyone chats. And the, the nice thing is, you know, that, that – you've almost got that sort of social proof that a few guys have bought it. They've said it's great. A few others have done. Yeah, it's really good. Someone demos it. Yeah, I really like this. The thing that everyone seems to like is you bundled it all in one place. So, and, and, and that's, that's pretty brave, I guess, because obviously, you know, moves your, moves your price point up and, and it's quite a price sensitive market. I think. Very, very, very. Um, in fact, uh, the individual independent headhunters are fierce. They're just as hard to get to get to join. But, uh, you know, it's good. It, it, it forces you to ensure you're delivering value. And price to me doesn't price is doesn't matter. The market sets price. So what happens a lot is you, you ask people, how do you do your job today? And people are like, I don't want to invest any money at all. Right. And you're like, wait a second. You're paying for 12 different tools. You're trying to bolt them together. You don't have an engineer. You're wasting your own time, which is slowing you down for making more placements. 
And when you add all of that up, you're paying five X of a Loxo, right? So yeah, it's an investment. Not everyone has to use it, but people that use a legacy database and they kind of want to continue to do that more power to them. Um, if you want to make two to three to five X more placements with technology that, that helps you do it faster, that investment is, uh, you know, it's a no brainer and people see that it's also as a professional recruiter, you spend more time with your software than you do your spouse or driving. <laughs> Why would you not invest a little bit of money to have fought like love, fall in love with what you use? And I think that's the biggest difference that I'm passionate about. I don't want to be an option. I don't want to build something that's just another thing out there. I want people to fall in love with it. I want the, every pixel to be as perfect as we can. I want us to take a lot of pride in what we do in it. We would rather have less customers that just absolutely adore it and love it and help us get better and make it better than, you know, we're not trying to be uh, everything for everyone, just be mediocre as fast as we can. You've actually started to get quite a cult following, certainly in our dinghy group, so which is our you know solopreneurs. And they've come up with this phrase of no lock, so no party. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure if it's the official strap line or we're infringing any of your um, copyrights or whatever. <laughs> It's quite nice, and like like any software, you know, I don't I don't think I've found a piece of software someone says I'm hundred percent happy, you know. Um, but I think I think it's ticking a lot more boxes than than certainly some of the competitors in 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 that space. And and actually as well, I think people are very much bought into the whole idea around not just what it does now, but I think people can see with the ML and AI where it's going to go, and I think that's really powerful as well. Well, you know, this is uh, this is an amazing conversation, too. And I think it's an opportunity for me as a founder to be, you know, a little vulnerable. And I think a lot of times everyone who's building software, including myself, has struggled with this. And I didn't realize this. I, I had no clue. I don't think we'd be here if I did. But you you could go take the idea we have and I could walk into Silicon Valley. I could I could lay it out on the line. I could tell everyone everything. Here's how we do it you still have to raise $250 million and it's still gonna take you seven to 10 years to build this. It just takes a long time. So no one's perfect. LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, when they first rolled it out, he said, if you wait until your product's perfect, you're too late. Um, yeah. It's just, it's the nature of software and you have to use your community to help you. And so our price point was way lower back in the day. Um, you know, the software was really minimal and and that's okay. But if it wasn't for people who supported us and believed in me and, and our company, we want to be here. But yeah. over time, it's our job to make sure that you deliver so much more value. Yeah, and we're going to increase our pricing a bit, but we want to deliver so much value and offer it at an amazing price that, um, you know, that's why we're here to help our user as a recruiter. Um, and we want to make them better. And as long as they love it, you know, that's exactly what we're doing. I think, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I often have this with consulting conversations. Um, you know, the, if you, I, the, I have two types of people that I'll speak to: those who look at the cost, or those who look at the value I can potentially bring. And those who look at the cost won't hire me. I just, I just know because that's a number. And but those that say, right, okay, well, if this guy could help us, and in five years the value of that compounded is that, 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 that would look like a very cheap investment. So, and, and again, you're absolutely right. You know, why, why, why spend? a few dollars less on a bit of software that you hate and you're going to spend eight hours a day with, you know, that's, you know, ultimately the, the, the question. And, you know, I, I think it's all about value and not cost. And I, I guess that's like any transaction. If people don't see the value, they'll just look at that 
that hard number. Yeah, and you know, who knows? There's the world and technology, the world is moving so fast as we all know. Technology is moving so fast. It's on this parabolic curve and everything is changing a bit. Right now there's the whole industry, ATS here. We as a company and entrepreneurs, you can't move so far ahead because people can't relate to it. But even like the pricing model of, you know, per user and things like that might change. We might get to a point where we could help with Loxo and say, we believe in it so much that it's going to help you make more hires faster. We'll change the pricing model. So the more we can align with the customer and proof is in the pudding. Uh, but yeah, to your point, there's so many benefits. It's one, do you just love using it more? Do you enjoy it? Are you happier? Are you faster? Are you better? Um, there's lots of things. And then the data and then the AI and people don't realize the AI piece, but that's, uh, you know, the machine learning is ultimately where Loxo will really separate itself from competitors. And it takes a while, but there's the difference between a regular old CRM and a, a real talent intelligence platform. Well, it's going to be completely industry changing for our customer partners and that the whole industry. So, so let's just dive down into that. So in, in real terms, me as a recruiter, say I'm using standard, you know, ATS, you know, uh, one that looked like it was designed in the nineties, probably sold last year, but you know, I'm, I'm tapping away. I'm doing my search. What's the difference between my search there and my search with Loxo? Yeah, good question. I have to be careful how I how I speak about this because we could go on for twenty five minutes, and I'm I get too techno you know nerdy about this. Um, the, the industry with other tools out there and systems have have put up a facade. Everyone tries to say they have machine learning. They want to keep up, right? And they want to be different. Machine learning, generally, um, a lot of people what they're talking about right now, it's not search. So like, there's other tools out there. I won't even share their name because it, it's not fair to them, but they're like resume tools that parse resume or CVs. And what happens is those will basically, you know, you parse a CV, you get a list of candidates that match by keywords and, and even AI sourcing tools in the market. What they'll do is you'll type in a couple of titles and it'll populate some keywords that are similar, right? Um, and then you hit find similar candidates and it presents some and everyone's like, wow, this is AI. And then you go through and you're like, this is no faster than me just filtering by filters, right? That's because it's just filtering by filters. It's Boolean. Yeah. So what what the AI tools out there, they, they try to either approach it a couple ways. One is NLP, which is keywords. One is uh, filtering. That's not true deep learning. It's not true machine learning. It's not learning or improving. So come back to your question. As a recruiter, when I show up to my desk, what is different? The search in Loxo when you search your regular ATS CRM, you're just searching the data you already have in there. And Loxo is really good at that. It's amazing. You just type in keywords or Boolean and that'll search yeah. your everything, CVs, notes, resume, um, uh, every tag, everything you have in your database. And then you can also filter. However, we have our own product. One is called Loxo Source and that's our data, which we pull data, we acquire data, we partner for data but you can filter and type in keywords or titles all over the world. Um, and that helps not have to pay for, you know, 20 different systems and LinkedIn recruiter licenses and it's all in one. Then we have another product though that we call Loxo AI. And that the goal for that is you're already sourcing on your own. You're already filtering. You already know what you're doing. The job of AI or machine learning is to help 
support you and put candidates in front of you for every search assignment that you wouldn't find. So all you do is create a new rec, you hit enter, and it's going to go source from our data and yours and then rank them in order of best fit. So the more that you use that as an organization over time, it learns and that learning compounds over time. So, you know, a company that uses this three years from now is not starting from scratch. They have three years of that learning. So that's where this will get really powerful. And, um, you know, basically the days of poking around on LinkedIn page by page, that's not adding value. I always talk about the analogy. If you, back in the day, we would, we would wait for a taxi cab at the corner, right? You'd wait and hope you see one and wave your hand. And if you're not in that corner or street, you don't even find a taxi. And now you just click on your phone, come to me, shows up. You know, recruiting will use technology to help speed up the time of sourcing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did some work in a previous role and looked at the possibilities of, um, of AI and recruitment. And um, it, it was just off the chart. It was NLP. Um, we used quite a big data set. And, and it was just phenomenal what it could actually do. And, and the thing that was amazing, actually, was the patterns that it made. And, and, and I'm trying to put this in real layman's terms, but I, I think, I think you know, it, it was, you know, bankers and you know the word casino would come in and yeah therefore you know we put them into a risk yeah and, and it was you know it was all sorts of random patterns but you know um anyone who's looking to get into ai um i wouldn't advocate terminator 2 as your entry point but um i don't know if you've seen AlphaGo, um the story of where the google team took on you know the ancient chinese go and yep. that that was about as close an entry level to oh this is this is AI. Yeah, for you, I'm sure that's just actually basic. Yeah, that same algorithm. Um, they use the same algorithm that they use for Google Go for a fighter jet, and they train some fighter jets to actually outcompete human fighter jets. So the complexity of these tools and systems are, um, you know, and it's obviously you can use it in different domains, but it's happening and it's going to happen, and it's not scary. It's not, you know, a lot of like even in every industry, every vertical that this will happen, it's just the nature of technology. So for some reason, everyone's terrified of machine learning or AI. These robots, you know, the future are coming and these robots are going to take over humanity. Um, that is so far away. That's hundreds of years. But tech, it's just another level of technology and innovation. Technology's job is to help take us from where we are today. And you have some people and say, okay, we're going to build on this foundation we're going to piece together all these different things that we've learned and we're going to go for it. And we're going to take some experiments and some shots and get really smart people. And when you do it every day for a decade, that's what happens and it compounds and it all comes together. So AI is going to be awesome because if recruiters really and sourcers want to spend 80, 80 hours to get one interview, which was my first epiphany, an executive search firm, a retained search could spend 80 hours for one candidate interview, right? And that's the highest quality. They get a big fee. Um, and the higher, you know, the, the more you do it in staffing, you get that lower and lower and lower. But that that's such a time suck when you could spend that time elsewhere and helping the best candidates get the right career opportunity and help your client. Yeah, look, ultimately, recruiters generally want to go out and play golf or go on lunch clubs or, you know, do, do the fun things. And I, yeah, I love the, the, the chant to people in the, you know, the, the, the closing. And, you know, I, I, I really love the projects my customers used to do. They built the third generation you know, UMTS networks as they were. I'm showing my age here. 
um, put a satellite up in space. Um, it was it, it was actually real things that made a difference. And, and and actually, that's the thing I loved about recruitment. I didn't like going through, you know, lists of three hundred and you know getting to the end. But you know, if a machine can sort that, then then all be it. So, Loxo as a company. So back to the start. Big in the states, breaking into Europe. How have you found it? Excellent. I think um, the, we, and, and the way we've approached this is almost, we're more conservative than we should be. Like everyone's always like, good God, look at your numbers and look at how many customers you have and just go hire a thousand salespeople and just go take over the market. And we don't want to, we rather, it's tough, right? Brick by brick. We always talk about make that brick 10 out of 10 and just build the foundation. It, it time validates everything. It'll be fine. Um, but the reason why we've expanded into Europe now, not because we thought, um, hey, let's just, you know, take a shot in the dark or throw a, throw a dart. Um, we're getting yanked in there. So we had a few months where it was just incredible in the UK primarily, but, you know, all over Ireland, Belgium. We landed one of the biggest tech companies in Poland, France, um, all over Europe. So what happens is we said, this is time. We're too late. And we found an absolute incredible team member to start. Um, we have an early core team. And so that's our transition to Europe is going full steam ahead. It's going really well. Um, and it's exciting for me to see the company because I remember doing the same. I had the same exact feelings in the U.S. I used to go door to door, literally, in Denver, Colorado, to independent small boutique recruiting shops and beg them to talk to me, beg them to look at this t horrible MVP we had. Um and then we, you know, but you get early adopters and you get people who are excited and they want, they believe in the future. They believe they're a better way. They know you're not perfect. But now in Europe, the people we're talking to, the product of Loxo today is already the top one in our market. The people in Europe are saying, I, I, I am an early adopter. I don't want to be, I love new technology. I am excited to do different things. So those are the ones we have the best conversations with that we're excited, that we impact, we learn a lot from. So yeah, it's a lot of fun, but it's I, also. I met, um, I, I oh, met Stuart Butterfield actually, the the founder of Slack, and um, I was lucky enough to go to their conference in London, and um, you know um, they they had a um, yeah an, an event afterwards. So I got chatting to him as you do, and I asked him the big question: So how are you going to take on Microsoft Teams in the corporate world when everyone's got it? As he goes pretty much one account at a time, brick by brick. And I think the next week they announced IBM or something. And you're thinking, just, just wow. So, yeah, I mean, and what was the IPO? 28 billion, sorry, the what did Salesforce buy them for? The IPO at 14 billion, sold for 28 billion or something like that. And that's just wow. But his approach was exactly that. You know, it was just like we just start one account at a time, just build that flywheel momentum and, and just build a better product. Yeah, I, I I agree. I couldn't agree more. I think about this a lot. It's, uh, I, you know, everyone in life thinks there's this get rich quick scheme or a shortcut to success. And there's not. It's you pound the pavement. You also other people aren't going to do it for you. Right. You have to put it on your shoulder and you have to get others that are willing to do that. But it's all about the user and the customer. And that's why I love, I love SaaS. If you don't deliver in this community, as you and I both know, and we've seen it. People will blow you up on online Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups. So it keeps everyone accountable. But if you just, you have to deliver 
Um, and again, no one's perfect. No one ever will be. But uh, the, the exciting thing about this is that we're moving really quick now. We're delivering. And a lot of the community are really supporting us because we can't do it without without their help. They want, they need this. They want it. Otherwise, you're stuck with legacy tools that are not going to help. So, so you're doing this old-fashioned way. So, you know, when I, when I first met you guys, I'm like, right, okay. And I went to Crunchbase, right? So who's invested in them? Huh? <laughs> this this is a good old-fashioned business this is so what what why haven't you gone and done a series a and you know got yourself a, a valley um valuation yeah thank thank god <laughs> um <laughs> I, I learned this, i learned this lesson i'm grateful my my previous life i was in a venture funded company went through three rounds i was the very first hire with the ceo and before they raised capital and i, I saw what happens and you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and everyone, everyone gets glamorized by, oh my God, that company raised a $50 million round. Wow, they're so successful. They don't understand what happens with that. Um, our, my goal here and our goal is we. I don't care about the money. I don't care about trying to become this multi-multi-trillionaire. That doesn't, it's not what drives me. I care about doing the impossible with a small team and creating something of value that's sustainable. And when you raise capital, your risk profile changes. And the more capital you raise, that changes. Also, when you raise capital, your investors expect a liquidity event as fast as possible to get their return, right? Unless it's different. So for us, we want to build, we want to be the world's leading recruiting and sourcing platform, period. And we want to do that over a long time horizon. And that you also have to really, truly, deeply believe in your vision. And that's something that I can see. I've never, we, Our team talks about this all the time. We've never once pivoted. We've never wavered. Our North Star has always been there. And we have a 30-year crystal clear vision of how to get there. Um, and so, yeah, we're excited to do that. But raising venture capital, you give up a lot. You have to change immediately. You have to sacrifice a lot of what you want to do. You know, it's just it's not for us. And I don't think it's for the community. It's not the right. We don't need to now. We're at a point where we're profitable. We are growing faster than we can keep up with. And we're making investments where we know we can get you know, to where we need to without taking on any unnecessary risk. Yeah, it's interesting that this isn't your first rodeo. So I guess you take the, you know, I, I mean, I was lucky enough in my last role to work, albeit in a corporate environment, doing startups, building stuff. And, and, and I learned so much. And you, you think about the MVP is absolutely spot on. It's not going to be perfect. Um your product won't be for everyone. So go and find the, you know, where it is perfect. You know, um, yeah, those, those, those are sort of lessons until, probably until you've done it on someone else's ticket, you just don't understand. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I know, and you know, if I was 23, it, it, trust me, if I was early, early 20s, I would, I would raise money. Um, I would. And I, I think you learn so much from others around you. You don't have time, but um you know, raising is so different. And again, the outcomes and all that. But uh, I think learning is, especially early in your career, you should put yourself around the very best people you can and mentors and all that. Um, I'm just very grateful I've had the experiences I had because I the last thing I ever want to do is let down the company or community or employees, uh, you know, customers. So, um, you know, we have to know enough to, to get to where we want to get. And so far, we have a really good team and lots of good advisors and people around us to help. I was going to say your your recent hires look really exciting, and and that that's the sign of yeah we're going places. The guys you you brought on board recently, yeah, it, 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 
you know, transformational. These hires are, you talk about the chasm, right? Crossing the chasm and, you know, a job of a startup is figure out PMF and make sure that you have a, a solid platform to grow and you can't do things too early, too late. And we've, I've learned a million mistakes. I make mistakes every day, but you can't make certain decisions. You, you want to make sure that you can always walk back through that door. And there are certain ones you can't. You can't make a mistake. The new hires we have are very senior leader sales, go-to-market, training, high-growth enablement. I mean, one of our team members, former IBM, Bullhorn, helped train hundreds and hundreds of sales reps. I mean, the other one has come from all different industries and six different uh, market sectors and helped scale them from you know early stage all the way through IPO. And the, the, the caliber and acumen and what they've already done in one month at Loxo, it's really, really exciting for the company and um, where we're headed in 2022. But yeah, it's a, it's definitely fun to see the company going from this tech R&D passionate engineering product heavy company to now building these, you know, pretty heavy process and systems and scalability. And it's fun to see the transition. Where do you see yourself going? So you're CEO, but like anything, you're going to, everyone sort of likes one, the, either the engineering side or the sales side or the business development or the, you know, the, the, the corporate, you know, the um, sort of the, the corporate action stuff. Where, where do you see yourself going? You know, that's an amazing question. I think, uh, I think as a founder, I owe it to myself and the company and everyone, one, to be transparent all the time and two, introspective, right? And just make sure you ask your question, ask yourself that question every day. Um, I also truly believe as a, as a CEO, you are the last, the buck stops with you. If the company is not doing well or you make bad hires or bad decisions, it's, it's not their fault. It's your fault. So the, co- the company's potential, is, I'm throttling it. So I have to always put myself outside of my comfort zones. I have to continue to grow. I have to be willing to evolve. And I have to be willing to bring in people that are smarter than me and fire myself from all the areas I'm weak and keep growing and move into other areas. So I'm learning, I'm evolving, I'm doing that. Um, we have an incredible team. And once you get to a certain point, your jobs change over time too, from less of a doer to more, you know, setting the vision and setting the pace and setting the culture, you know, values and and communicating that and having conversations in the community. So my role will change for sure. Um, I have a lot. I hope I'm a gray-haired old man and still running this. I think it's impossible to find a company like this and a team. And it's truly the, you know, this is a dream. And I, I, you bring in somebody from the outside, sure, they'd be, have more gray hairs and be better at certain things, but they also don't know all that, you know, that scar tissue and all the little things and that they don't have the same passion. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll have to evolve. I'll have to push myself, but so far things are going well and the team doesn't want to fire me. So as far as I know, so things are going well. <laughs> how does how does a CEO learn? So where do you, where do you get your outside in thinking from? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I uh, you know I have the Dunning Kruger opposite of the Dunning Kruger effect is when I was uh, really early on. You always assume everyone's so much more intelligent than you and so much more capable, right? And um, I never wanted to let anyone down, so I waited way too long. I think to start the company, and you always underestimate yourself. Uh, but I also wanted to learn as much as I could to get ahead of that. So I've been a voracious self-learner forever. I read like crazy. Um, and every time I'm not in a new domain, I also think you have to, like, I just read a ton about that, different books, different experts. And then you stack up, you know, if you're a first-time manager, 
go to Amazon and read the top 10 management books and just tear that down, then implement it in real time. If you're going to become a leader of teams, read leadership books. If you're going to learn about UX and design, go do that and talk to people and throw yourself in there and make mistakes. But as a CEO, it's different now, right? The stakes are higher. You can't make mistakes. You can't, there's no, only so many books you can read. So one, you have to go find those resources. You have to learn, you have to find mentors. Um, And that's another area I'm learning is like, I really, you know, I have to find people that can help me that have been there, that have done that, that are, and then you also have to tap into people that are specialists with everything that you face each day or week, because that's also, uh, you know, something that you really need in your, in your advisory kind of board. Well, that's good. Good to know. So read, read. Uh, I, I always found it difficult to consume books, but recently I've got into Audible and it's transformative. I think, you know, um, I have to separate it out, but it, it's, it's amazing. And, and actually the things that you can, you can listen, it's how you implement it, though, and implementing it into customers as well. When you're sort of seeing things in, you know, in these books and you think, oh, that applies to these guys. And if we just change that and. Yeah, I think I think I, I've never been a voracious self learner, but since starting the consultancy, I've forced myself to sort of have to learn new things as well. And 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 actually, just by listening to your customers and working with your customers, you learn so much more as well. Right. So we do have um, a few comments. Um, first off, we've got no lot, so no party standard. Um, but we do actually have a question from Will Grasshoff. Um, what do you think your biggest threat to making Loxo a market leader over the next five years? In typical Will um, fashion, um, he's missed a word, but you know, um, what do you think the biggest threat is? Yeah, thanks so much for the question, Will. Um, good, good question. You know, there's always threats, right? And you always have to weigh and evaluate those. And, um, you know, competition is one that people often think about, but it's, it's ultimately you. The biggest threat is internal. It's always, it's always me. It's, am I able and willing to do what it takes to get us to the next level and, and the team, right? And as long as we have the team, a world-class team and a good foundation, uh, we believe in ourselves. We don't really care about the external. Look what happened. COVID came. No one would ever predicted that and it destroyed half the world, but people figured out. They evolved. They adapt. And um, so our, our threat is just internal and we know where we're going. We have to execute. We have to get the right people. So, you know, if as long as we keep um, retain amazing people and and can keep hiring awesome people, you know, I think we'll get there. Um, we have another question from Don Birchall. Um, I think the, the feedback on the support has been amazing, but as a US-based business, there's there's just the hours. Um, what's what's the plan just to make sure that um, you guys are, uh, are are doing the hours? Yeah, we're uh, we're going all in in, in Europe, so um, the more customers that we have, uh, the more investing we're going to put in there. But, you know, we've already started putting boots on the ground there and it's important to us and we want to be part of the community. So, um, you know, UK especially has been phenomenal uh, so far in Ireland. And, you know, again, we have partners all over. We have to be a little careful how fast we do it. Also, just again, if you want to go raise venture, you could do it really quickly, but we want people to know who we are. And, but yes, we're putting people hiring people local in the community. And um, we'll start doing that pretty aggressively, actually, in early 2022. And you very kindly, um, it's not gone to press yet, but you're very kindly sponsoring one of the food sponsors at the Recruitment Expo in Birmingham. So um, there will be Loxo and there will be a party. And thanks for uh, 
um, doing what all good um, partners should do and feed and water recruiters. That keeps them really, really happy. But I think yeah. Mark Lee's going along to that. So, you know, anyone, anyone at the expo can come and find out a bit more about Loxo from, from Mark as well. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Mark's an amazing guy. Uh, we're really happy to have him and the community loves him. He's just, um, you know, incredible energy and understands the market and is passionate about this. And he he also kind of saw where we're headed and wanted to be part of it. So hopefully you all get to meet him. We have some other team members already um, also in Ireland, but we're looking at UK and, um, you know, so far we have some good momentum building in, in other markets too. So it depends on how we do it, but we might have kind of satellite offices in each major market or we'll have one big one in, in, in UK. But I think we'll figure that out as we start doing our annual planning. Yeah, I mean, I think I think as well as the UK market, you know, things like the Dutch market, you know, they spend a lot on tech. Um, and, you know, um, the German is is probably the biggest and most profitable staffing market opportunity for, for firms. A little bit more conservative. I appreciate I'm painting massive stereotypes across this, but how you know? I, I guess are there engineering issues around the sort of the language piece, or does Loxo transcend language? Um, great, good question. I think ultimately it transcends. So we we are global. We we have customer partners all over the globe. Um, APAC, you know, Japan, um, all over. But the way that it works is when you import a CV, it auto parses and you can type notes and it's you can search on your localized language, right? But when you want to localize the UI and buttons, that is actually more complex. Yes, you can do it. Um, but the investment in that, you usually want your platform to be somewhat stable because the UI buttons are different, right? And you start to change the UI and it's, you know, it's a pretty heavy investment. So, um, you know, we're fortunate that most of our customer partners so far you know, are, are, are great with it. You can also customize most of the main labels and tabs. So if people want to put it in their local language, so you can almost do all of it. It's just when you customize it, put it in your own language, and then uh, you're searching on all of your notes or res CVs anyway, it's just really the UI buttons. And over time, you know, we'll, we'll definitely do that, but we have to, you have to have a certain amount of customer partners or a really heavy one that, that, you know, makes that investment. Yeah, I think the question was more for the sort of yeah you know, on the data side of things. I mean, I think I think recruitment is almost you know in in certain territories it's almost seen like the airline industry. English is fine for that, but you know the the, the resumes and the job specs will come in, in 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 different languages. But it's how it deals with the data, and I guess if it's machine learning, it just learns, and it doesn't matter what language it is, it will learn, it will make make the patterns. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the company, which is great. We've talked about the future of the industry. Um, just, just, just as a as a final, off we go. Um, just someone buying Loxo, you know, today in the UK. What are what do they get? So, um, we obviously talked about the various different components. You said you don't need twelve different systems and that. So, in a nutshell, what what, what what's someone buying? Yeah, good good question. I think um, we are very consultative. It depends what we want to do when you sign up is you should have the parts of Loxo that will help you be successful. But if you are, you know, an agency, you have two sides of your business, you have the BD account management side, right? Um, so we have some products in there that are deals that help support that you don't need a separate external sales CRM. But you get you know, you get Loxo and 
within that, we have different product pillars that you can talk about, but there's two plans. Essentially, you can get the, the, the plan that's standard, which is more affordable. Um, and that's most equivalent to like a legacy traditional ATS CRM. It doesn't have the data. Uh, it doesn't have Loxo AI. Uh, it doesn't have unlimited texting or calling. So we have built in calling. So a lot of the kind of really nice, fancy bells and whistles, you don't have to get that. And that's also for people that are really, you know, terrified of GDPR. They don't want to touch data or whatever. That's okay. We have you covered. You have a much better ATS here. I'm much better than our competitors, even at that. Then you have the premium plan, which nine out of 10 companies get. um, And it has kind of everything. And again, we can turn things on or off. We have GDPR compliance. Uh, We have all of that stuff, but it's really just admin settings and it depends on people's budget. Um, And, you know, if they're ready to, but most people realize what they have today and Lox is a bit of investment, but by the time they add it up with what they're paying, they actually save money. So they save money. They have a better platform. They get it all in one. They don't have to deal with 12 vendors and contracts and renewals. And I I think that's the big surprise we had certainly for the the smaller guys, by the time they added up everything they were paying um, for, you know, the outreach tools, the programmatics, the the posting, the VoIP, you know, by the time they added it all up, it was, oh, wow, this actually costs in and it's a better product than I, than I had. So I think, I think that definitely resonates with what we're, what we're hearing in the groups. Right. Um, Matt, that's been amazing. As I say, it's, you know, very much when we first spoke, um, you know, I, I got a lot of that and that's why I wanted to do this session. Normally we'll do it with the sales guys and they'll demo and they'll talk about it. But what I really wanted to come across was just your passion for what it is you're looking to do. And, and I think that's really, you know, the, the purpose, not just it's another bit of software. So thanks for taking the time out. Um, if people want to look at Loxo, um, they can come to the required site. Um, you can arrange a demo and um, we'll happily facilitate that. And I think what you should probably do is do one of these sessions and we'll get one of the, one of your guys to do a demo with Charlotte. And Charlotte and daughter obviously use the product and very pleased with it. If Charlotte's not pleased, she tells you. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll you know, we'll probably set up a demo and then um, we can put this out to the wider group. So um, thanks so much for your time, Matt. And, um, you know, congrats on where you've got to, but even, even more exciting is where you're going to get to. Well, thank you so much, Andy. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure. And um, yeah, we'd love to have the opportunity to speak to more, uh, you know, community members out across the pond, especially. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So we look forward to it. And um, thank you very much. Okay. See you soon. Cheers, Matt. All right. Cheers.